Wings up, angels. It's time to fly. This is your go-to place for all things spirituality, wellness, and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Alicia Jane Kuhn, and each week I will be interviewing an amazing earth angel who will be sharing their top tips and advice, as well as leading us through a guided meditation or a healing process. Each week, we will also be giving away an incredible prize. So make sure you are following at Wings Up Angels on Instagram for your chance to win. My wish is for this podcast to awaken and inspire you to live your life's purpose and make a positive impact in the world. Remember, we all rise together. So Wings Up Angels, it's time to fly. A big warm welcome to the beautiful Lisa Turnbull. Thank you for being here. I'm so um, excited. I'm (laughs) I'm really looking forward to this. I'm excited too. Let's get started straight away. What is the craziest or funniest thing you have done in the name of personal or spiritual development? There have been a few (laughs) over the years. Um, And in thinking about this, I suppose one more recent one was I went on a week-long juice retreat, juice fast retreat in Byron Bay. And so I didn't really think about it too much before I went. It was one of those last thing, last minute things I booked and went. And it was insane. (laughs) So intense. (laughs) Um, And in the end, well, midway through, I found another little friend that was also a bit rebellious and so we snuck out and we went out into Boron Bay and we drank coconuts like more coconuts and we felt so naughty when we got back um but yeah no it was uh, it was an extreme um retreat was it just juice for a week yeah Yes. And all the added things. So, you know, the colonics and the hot cold therapy and the, like it was ongoing. It was pretty full on, like something happening every hour. Wow. Colonics and. (laughs) It was a lot. So, you know, at the end, I actually felt really amazing, but it was, um, it was an intense way to get there. I was going to say you would have (laughs) felt so cleansed in every area. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) oh amazing yeah you could have been the right headspace for it I think yes yeah okay number Mm. two when you are in a funk or Mm. having the worst day what do you do well I could give you like this fantastical version of what I do and make it sound so amazing but in reality if it was absolute worst day um I'm human and fallible. I'd probably go home and have a glass of red wine and a bath and, you know, read a book that makes me feel better about myself maybe and um, put myself to bed early. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So just stopping everything. and Just time out. Yeah. Making yourself feel loved and nurtured. You know, back into just, yeah, me with some, you know, little um, treats along the way. Yes. Me too. <laughs> Chocolate's my thing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, number three, the book that changed your life. It would have to be um, when I was 18, I read uh, The Celestine Prophecy by James Redfield. And it's an oldie, but at the time for me, it was just this awakening that occurred within me and reading it and finally feeling understood 
or making sense of things. It, it really supported me to uh, change the trajectory of my journey. And yeah, I loved it. I loved it. It was such a good book. At 18 too. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. when I first started to, uh, part of my journey studying to be a naturopath started then. Oh, wow. Beautiful. Mm. I found that little book in um, an op shop. I love going to op shops in the book (laughs) section because something always, you know, there's always a little gem there. Yeah. And now it probably wouldn't have obviously done the same, moved me in the same way, but back then it was definitely, and it was all new. There was no internet back then. So it was like, oh, my God, this um, this is something I can connect with. Yes. And if I remember correctly, is that one kind of more like a story? Yeah, it was a story about the nine insights and it covers all the little, um, you know, synchronicities and all the things that, you know, you start to become aware of if, as you embark on this journey of self-awareness. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that would be a really nice sort of gentle starting out yes. one for someone to read. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, and one I have to sneak in that is more current that really did move me recently was Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Yes. I don't know if you've had a chance to read it, but she's just amazing the way she writes and um, connects and just makes you feel seen and understood and okay. She's amazing. It's on my Kindle. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to read. I haven't. I've only read maybe the first sort of chapter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once you get into it, it's, there's a real um, a sense of, she creates a sense of belonging. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Okay, beautiful. Thank mm. you for those two very powerful recommendations. But um, number four, what is your favourite soul nourishing activity? Mine are all the B words. So baths, bushwalks, the beach, books, brunch, best <laughs> friends, <laughs> barley, and bubbles. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. <laughs> And hopefully all of those in one day, preferably. <laughs> all at once. <laughs> I have had that experience. So, yes, it was a good day. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. A bath in the bush with your best friends and some bubbles. Absolutely. In Bali. <laughs> in Bali. Yes, please. Hopefully soon. Yes. <laughs> all right. Number five, uh, the most powerful quote of all time for you. Uh, this one is, is from Jim Rowan and this is, I will take care of me for you if you will take care of you for me. Wow. Yeah. And the reason, it, 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 because it's a relational, like a, a relational quote and it's the idea of if I can take care of my stuff, if I take responsibility for me, if I'm accountable for me and if you're able to do that for you and then let's meet in the middle and have some fun. But if I'm leaning over and I'm trying to fix you and support you and take care of you and rescue you and, you know, help you with, you know, your health or your kids or your career or, you know, we abandon ourselves to take care of the other. And in that abandonment process, things start going awry. Yes. And so I love that it just calls us back to ourselves and says, you know, my responsibility is me here. And if I can take care of this and then show up as the best version of myself for you, then let's see what we can create. Yes, that's beautiful. I love that, especially in terms of intimate relationships where you can kind of get a little bit tangled. Mm. Things can get a bit, yeah, messy. Whereas mm. if you think of it as perhaps even three entities, mm-hmm. yourself, the other, and then the relationship, Absolutely. then yes. 
And that's when I, when I do relationship work with people, that's a big part of it is, you know, I will start the um, consultation by saying my client today is the relationship. It's not you and it's not you. Ah, yeah, nice. And that's a completely different perspective on um, and working with couples. Yes, and mm. the focus is then on the relationship, not on you did this, I'm doing that. Yeah. What's in service of the relationship here? You're yes. both participants in. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Mm. Wonderful. Okay, number six, what is the most effective complementary therapy you have tried? So over the years I've tried lots. It's like my passion is just exploring all the different ways in which people um, are drawing from different modalities and different research um, and coming together to um, with the overarching intention to support people. So I just love complementary medicine, but in saying that, what it's come to my awareness as I get older is this concept of it's more about the therapeutic relationship now for me more than it is about the actual practitioner or the modality. Um, because in the connection, in the practitioner's ability to be vulnerable, to connect, to be available, um, you know, and it's looking at what is our relationship like? Do I feel safe here? Do I feel like this person has the ability to hold me in whatever way I am needing at that time? Um, And so I'm really more interested now in that therapeutic dynamic versus the modality itself, um, if that makes sense. Yes, and I love how you do that so beautifully in your practice as well, how you meet someone, even if they come for something, you meet them where they are and it just sort of naturally evolves of what they need that day because you have so many you have so many tools in your toolkit to work yeah. with, with yeah. people. Yeah. yeah, it's really beautiful that you work that way. Yeah. Mm. And it, it's working with in the moment, you know, not having an agenda or an expectation of how things should go, but working in flow. And if you're able to do that, then, um, yeah, magic can happen. Yes. Because Regardless I came, of what modality you're using. Yes, yes, I come and it's like stomach something or other and then suddenly we're doing an energetic healing with, you know, my grandparents and... <laughs> absolutely (laughs) yeah yeah it's trusting the field trusting the content trusting the client that they know like they will tell you what they need yes yes whether overtly or very subtly ah beautiful yes ah so it's you're saying like it's the connection with the therapist not necessarily the actual tool or therapy that you're using that's the research. There's a lot yeah. of um, papers and scientific work being put into looking at the therapeutic relationship. And the statistic, mm-hmm. I think it's something like 70% of the effects is associated with how the client feels in relationship to the therapist more so than what they were actually doing, whether that was acupuncture or counselling or, you know, hypnotherapy, whatever modality. It's yeah. really about, um, yeah, how you yeah. feel with the practitioner what kind of dynamical relationship are you establishing there? And that's why long-term relationships work so well because there's a sense of safety and security that's established yeah. over time that you can build with somebody. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Mm. Yes, I hadn't heard that research, so thank mm. you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, number seven, what is your daily must-do to keep sane thing? Mine's constantly changing. I've really sat on this question. I was like, what do I do every day? And then there's nothing consistent. And whether that's just my personality or um, there's always things, but they change a lot. So sometimes it is meditation. Sometimes it's reading a book that nurtures me. Sometimes it's going down to the beach. Like there's so many different ways in which, but it's really um, 
giving myself permission to change my mind and to go with, because if I f- sort of force myself to do things, I'd get so frustrated, ends up going pear-shaped anyway and feels a little bit less helpful. So, um, but that's just, you know, my individual personalities. I work better with a little bit of space and freedom around things. Yes. I'm a bit of a rebel too. (laughs) You know, wake up and be like, I should do my meditation, but what do I actually feel like doing? (laughs) That's the thing that I'm talking about. And then trusting that versus trying to hold myself accountable to a you know, a set um, expectation. Although in saying that, I know at different times in our life it's important to stick with the rules, but as a generalisation, I give myself a little bit of freedom. Yeah, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Number eight, what has been your biggest life lesson and the piece of advice you'd give your younger self? So my biggest life lesson honestly would have to be my losses, Mm. you know, um, recognising the impermanence of all things and having to work through the process of grief. Yeah. That, you know, is where the growth and the pain and that richness and that melting pot of personal development for me has come from. And it's not glamorous or exciting or um, fun, but it's definitely been my personal experience of where my life lessons have been the most rich. Yes. Mm. And I personally haven't had that, but I've seen and and read about how there's so many layers to that as well Mm, especially with the grief and loss that there's just well I think it's the expectation that it's a linear thing that grief you start here and you end up you know there whereas um from my experience in both myself and watching other people go through it has been that it's it's more of a cyclic experience where you revisit it you know, and you go deeper, then you go more surface and then you come back down again. And, you know, grief is this experience of, um, or can be this experience of, um, yeah, toing and froing. Yes. And um, start a start place and an end point. Yes. And actually in saying that, I had a grandparent pass away when I was really young and didn't understand. Mm. And it was only maybe last year that that grief surfaced for me. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that was an interesting, like, delay yeah. on. It doesn't know time either. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Number nine, whose work mm. and teachings have had the biggest impact on your life? I would definitely have to say the observation, the work of my clients and my family and friends. Yeah. Um, you know, I was having this deep philosophical conversation with my daughter, uh, something like last week. And we got to the point where she was like exacerbated and she's like, well, what's the point? You know, what's the point? And it just came to that moment. I looked at her and I was like, oh, honey, this is the point, this moment here, us connecting, us having this conversation, this relational experience is the point of it all, is that we get to do this in life. And um, and my kids have been, oh, my gosh, like biggest teachers for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, and... And observing my clients, like, you know, I've worked with thousands of people over the years. So yeah. to be able to sit with them and uh, watch their courage and bravery and tenacity and resilience, like it's just awe-inspiring. So, yeah, I've read all the books and, you know, been to the seminars and all the greats, but the rawness and authenticity of sitting with people in their um in their moments yeah. is what I think has been my greatest teacher. Oh, 
and I am so grateful for that like it has been such a part of my personal growth journey is to be able to hold space for others while they go through that yeah Mm. oh that is so beautiful Mm. (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you Mm. (laughs) okay number 10 what is the best healing tool or process that you've experienced or given or (laughs) Um, there's been a sort of a recent one that's come up for me, the process of uh, understanding and checking for spiritual bypassing. Hmm. I think, um, you know, sometimes we can get into this place on our spiritual journey where we, we use spiritual language and spiritual tools and ideas and practices to actually sidestep and avoid facing our unresolved emotional issues or psychological wounds or the unfinished business of our pasts or childhoods. And, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, the love and light and, you know, um, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, yeah. but these can be really dangerous terms if people are going through trauma or actually a victim of a circumstance that has been yeah. out of their control. And I think it's really important that we check ourselves in regards to on our spiritual journey that we're not bypassing the need to actually deal with things um as they come up rather than just sort of throwing some fairy dust at them yes so like sweeping the actual issue under the rug and being like you know everything's fine put a band-aid on it and and, you know yeah but using the spiritual language which is like oh you know the angels will sort it out for me or you know like and it's like well yes there is that element of support that we have on that side but there's also a, um, a requirement for us to do our personal growth from within on, a, on an emotional level, not just on a spiritual level. And yes. there's an invitation for us to be able to do that um, if we check in with the fact that we are both physical, emotional, mental and spiritual beings. Yes, I love that you just mentioned that because it is that emotional body that kind of gets left out quite a bit. There's a lot of talk around the mental and then, yes, yes the spiritual, but the emotional one, it's just, wow, so powerful and like I just mentioned with what happened when I was younger to, you know, yeah. this held in my emotional body for 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's important and, to address that. And then it can that. manifest out of our physical bodies through physical illness too, right? Yeah. These emotions that are blocked and stored inside us. So yeah. it's so important for us to at times, you know, just check in, is there, is there something I need to be doing that is uncomfortable, you know, yes. and taking responsibility for something or, you know, yeah. um, checking in with how I'm feeling about things and not making them wrong because often with feelings we just want to feel happy good you know loving kind warm but we're less inclined to own the fact the shadower side of our personalities which is that you know we do feel anger and we can feel resentment and we can feel bitter and we can feel bad and that that's actually makes us whole the fact that yeah. we have both sides of our personality or our emotional selves online it doesn't mean you have to live down there, but the ability to be yeah. able to access those parts and go, you know, I'm really angry with you right now and get angry and feel it and let it, that energy move through your body. Yes. And then as it moves through, you know, you do move to our state. You don't stay there. But um, if we don't give ourselves permission to feel all the feels, yes. then um, it can get, get a little bit stagnant inside and that has other effects. Yes, definitely. I've experienced that a lot. <laughs> I'm not allowed to be angry, not allowed to be upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what, you know, it would be ideal if we didn't necessarily always avoid those parts of us. Yeah. 
Yeah. And easier said than done, right? Like we're human. It's complicated. <laughs> There's lots of layers. Yes, we are complicated. <laughs> but also wonderful and brilliant and all the things. <laughs> Yay. Okay, so what process would you like to guide us through today? Well, I was thinking about this and I thought maybe something a little different. This is a ancestral um process where we get the chance to connect with those that have gone before us the thing about um our experiences is yes we are having this experience it's our lives but sometimes we're not aware or we're not connected into the fact that you know we don't just inherit our parents or our grandparents nose or you know um cheekbones or body shape or you know we also inherit themes and patterns that get handed down this is a part of epigenetics and you know this concept that um there's more that's handed down from them than just um the physical and themes tend to play out generation after generation it's really interesting when you get into looking at family systems or family constellation work and sometimes those themes we've inherited so they're not actually ours um, and that works in both the good and bad, some, you know, the good stuff that maybe the hard work ethic or, um, but also sometimes some of the stuff that we would prefer not to be carrying from our ancestors. And so in this process today, we're going to acknowledge those that have gone before us and um, take a moment to heal and also embody more of who they are. Beautiful. Sounds amazing. I'm excited. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> cool. So let's get started. So just make sure you're in a safe space to close down your eyes, that you're not driving while we do this process. Thank you. Okay, so I'm just going to get you to close your eyes and take a deep breath and just letting go of your day and whatever it's taken for you to get into this moment in time right now knowing there's nothing more important than you gifting yourself the next 10 minutes. And as you tune into the rise and fall of your chest, letting go, bringing your full awareness to your breath and to this moment. And I just want you to imagine that you're standing in nature somewhere really beautiful a space that makes you feel safe. And I want you to see your parents appearing behind you. And they may be passed over or still alive, but just seeing their energy being represented behind you. And then behind each one of those is your grandparents. Again, you may have met them, you may not have. They may be alive or not. You may never have known them. But allowing their presence and energy to activate in your family system here behind your parents. And as you breathe, I want you to turn around so you can see them seeing your parents, seeing your grandparents. And there may be emotion and permission for that emotion to be from the full gamut of options. You may be excited about seeing them. 
or scared or uncertain and just taking this in knowing that you are supported in this space and as you breathe taking a moment to feel these are the people that have gone before you these are the ones whose blood you hold inside you, whose genetics you hold inside you. They're an extension, or you are the extension of them. And with these ancestors of yours, there is an element of acknowledgement that you may not have gifted them before. And so I'm gonna guide you through this process of starting with one set of grandparents to say, I see you, I see everything that happened to you and everything that didn't happen to you. You will always be a part of our system. I acknowledge you, I love you. And if you feel at the end that you don't want to add the I love you for whatever reasons, that's fine. Let's just leave it at the acknowledgement. But this is a process of enlivening the energy of your family system. Often there is unfinished business, unlived lives, things that happened and things that didn't happen. And this is the opportunity for you to hold space for your family system now to acknowledge that. And I'm going to ask you now to turn to the other set of grandparents to say, I see you. I see everything that happened to you and everything that didn't happen to you. You will always be a part of this system. I acknowledge you. I love you. And just allowing that acknowledgement to energetically influence the field to take a breath, to feel the vibration move through your family system. And now I want you to go to your father. I see you. I see everything that happened to you and everything that didn't happen to you. You will always be a part of this system. I love you. I acknowledge you. Just taking a breath. Letting whatever feelings arise come to the surface. Now moving to your mom. Mom, I see you. I see everything that happened to you and everything that didn't happen to you. 
we will always be a part of this system. I acknowledge you. I love you. And taking a breath. And just allowing the energy in your system to dissipate, to move, to shift, to clear whatever entanglements and tightness that may have once been here, allowing it to move in whatever way this system requires right now as you call upon your higher self to activate within you. As you hold your hands to your heart to say to yourself, I see you. I see everything that happened to you and everything that didn't happen to you. You will always be a part of this system. I acknowledge you. I love you. And just breathe as your body lets go. Whatever in this system is no longer a fit for you, that no longer serves you, that you're ready to let go of, take a moment to let it go, to see the energy moving through your body, out of your feet, out of your heart. As your throat opens, your ability to communicate clearly awakens, your heart shifts, your personal power is reclaimed to your belly. And then I want you to turn around so you have your back to your system as they're all behind you. And then tuning into the love and care for you, the intention for you, the support for you, the desire for you. And then reaching back into further recesses of your ancestors, great-grandparents and those beyond that want to see you succeed at life in whatever way that looks and feels to you. As channels clear, as light awakens inside you, as freedom from the past clears, using your breath to stay present in your body, to allow this to be a somatic experience, to allow your physical body to let go, to allow the way in which your body interprets your DNA to shift. Bringing with it a renewed sense of calm, peace and freedom. Feeling the support from behind, feeling them line up, wanting to hold space for you. to be angels of guidance and care. And then gently when you're ready, starting to slowly bring your awareness back to the room as you hold a space of gratitude 
for your ancestors, for your parents and grandparents, in full acknowledgement of their lives lived or unlived. As you reclaim your own personal power and ability to make choice and be free as you move forward in your life from this day on. This is also a gift to your children if you have them. Freeing them from having to carry the burden of any unlived painful experiences. This ends here with you today. And using your breath, coming back further, starting to move your fingers and your toes. And gently when you're ready, opening your eyes and coming back into the room. Ah. (laughs) That was so beautiful. It was so interesting to see and feel my reaction to each different person. Yeah. It's definitely something I would do a couple of times, mm. you know, as a process to yeah. just, you know, take your time with each one as well, really acknowledging, you know, their experience of life. Yes. It was, yeah, it was interesting. It's like someone mm. was like, I'm so excited. And others, I felt a bit, oh, what's that? There's a funny mm. feeling there. So it was nice to, yeah, get the, the energy flowing through that side. Mm. Well, our family systems are often complicated and there's lots of layers and hidden parts and shadowy bits. And so, you know, that's just kind of like an overall sort of surface exploration of it. But it just gives you a chance to potentially free up some, you know, stagnant energy in the system that, you know, sometimes we're sitting with something like, I don't know why I've got this issue. It doesn't feel like it's mine. Is it past life? Is it, you know, out of my awareness? Like, is this something in shadow of mine that I'm not aware of? And it's like sometimes it's inherited, you know, and Mm. and how do we then address those things? And this is like a little exercise that I do with people sometimes, which obviously takes like a full hour to do it properly. But this is an example of that process where we take time to really get a chance to look at um, the characters that have been a part of your system and the themes that have played out um, and looking at which theme you may have inherited that is no longer working for you. And then at the end, feeling like all of them behind you that, you know, it just feels so powerful and supportive and, yeah, it was beautiful. Well, and that's the thing, despite all the human um, imperfections and family fights and arguments and disagreements and misunderstandings, at the end of the day, your soul leads the souls, you know, and on, that, and on that level they do want the best for us, my yeah. belief is. And so, you know, to be able to invite that in and receive it can be really mm. powerful. Yes, it was amazing. Thank you so much for today. Oh, you're so welcome. You are a wealth of wisdom <laughs> and all of your details will be below for people to contact you and then you have a gorgeous gift pack as the giveaway yes. this week. Yeah, so thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Wings Up Angels podcast. Did you enter our Instagram competition this week? Go to at Wings Up Angels for a chance to win an amazing prize. 
If you liked this episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Remember, we all rise together. So, wings up angels, it's time to fly.